2: Welcome to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that it's Thursday. And so when it's Thursday, Pastor Ron and Paula are on the show doing the Date Day edition. Well, today, it's a little bit different. Same format, different people. Since I've been filling in for Pastor Ron this week and last week, the Date Day show continues with Me and my best friend, my wife, May. You want to say hi, sweetie?
3: Hey. Hey there. Greetings once again. It's good to be here.
2: Oh, right. It's great to have you here. It's much more exciting when you're here with me. It's pretty boring for me when when it's just me here. So let me give the phone numbers. If anyone wants to call, if you've got questions about the Bible, if you have questions about uh, relationships, about marriage, about family, about... And particularly in the context of God's Word, well, that's why we're here. We want to help you and encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. The phone numbers are 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. The toll-free number is 877-630-5757. That's 877-630-5757. The email address is questions at com. That's questions, plural, at calvarysa.com. Uh, here at Calvary Chapel, we have a church app. If you're using that, it also allows you to submit questions. You can do so, and it'll go right into our email inbox. And lastly, if you're listening uh, remotely or online, or maybe you're in your car, you can use the KSLR app, and even when you're listening, you can dial directly into the radio station. You'll be connected to the producer there. And uh, by clicking the button up at the top, it says, Call Now, and you can ask your question on the air. All right, sweetie, well, it's the date day edition, and so that means... Really, we, we don't have uh, an agenda, to really, as the Spirit leads. And so I uh, wanted you to say hello and see if there's anything on your heart first before we get right into the questions. We do have two questions that were submitted specifically for today.
3: Okay. Um, well, let me read uh, what was on my heart this morning. Uh, it's 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And that last verse really stuck out to me about grace, sure. ministering grace.
2: Share your heart about that.
3: Well, I, I know that the Lord wants to bless others, but he wants to show grace um, to others. And, and and us, I mean, just if you think about it, God created us the way he wanted to create us, and we have various gifts. So whatever those gifts yeah. are, um, if we faithfully use it, we're actually showing we're imparting grace to others, God's blessing of grace to others. So I just wanted to mention that. And if you wanted to expand on that, Pastor Ken.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know what? The, I, I actually love this passage also. I do have some thoughts about this. One of the encouraging things I read is, in, is verse 7. And I think this leads up to the last verse where you talked about the, the the variations of the gifts that God has given us. But I love the fact that Peter says, the end of all things is near. And this is twofold for me, a personally, meaning. Uh, personally, it, it means my perspective has to be that this world is temporary. The things of this world... If we're going to live for God, I mean, that really is the bigger context of this section. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We have to have a a, a softer grip on the things of this world. Why? Because uh, we are sojourners. This is not our home. We invest ourselves in in the people here and the people that God has surrounded us with and whatever his calling is for our life. We'll get into that in verse 10. But I, I really love how... He says, your perspective should be that the end is near. Jesus is coming soon. That's the second part. Jesus is coming soon. And if my perspective is looking forward to the rapture, and we know that there's nothing left Mm -hmm. prophetically that needs to take place before Jesus comes for his church, well— if that's my perspective, then I'm not going to cling too tightly to the things of this world. And that's why I like how in the same verse he says, be clear-minded. As I think the New King James says, be sober-minded and self-controlled. You know, the, the, the mind is the battlefield for spiritual warfare, it's the place where the enemy always try to discourage us right i mean when we talk to people you and i and that are going through a difficult time and we when we ourselves are under attack spiritual attacks from the enemy it's it's always in the mind discouraging thoughts thing lies and we in the same way we have to have a loose hold on these things in other words Like, if I have a a thought that's discouraging, the moment I realize that it's not from Jesus, it doesn't matter where it's from. i got to let that go. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Why? Because the time is short. The end of all things is near. I want my mind. We talked about uh, Marie Kondo. (laughs) Marie Kondoing our home. (laughs) I've never watched. I know it's a show, but I've never watched it. But it's just about cleaning up, right? Decluttering. Mm Mm-hmm. Go
3: ahead. Oh, we, we it's funny cuz in context we we were talking to one of our daughters and we were telling them just just um thank it for it to, for you know go ahead and throw it away but thank it for for what yeah. it's, what it's helped you with so yes. far and and Let you're it go. done with it. Let it go.
2: Let it, uh, it to me that is one of the most practical <laughs> principles of life. Uh
1: uh-huh.
2: I think from that my mindset is I think I lean towards, we don't need this, let's throw it away, Uh which sometimes will get me in trouble around here. But uh, I I don't want to sit and dwell on if this thing is useful if I haven't used it in the last six months. And so, or in the last month. Uh, But I think mentally, there's a principle there where Thoughts that we know are not of the Lord. I mean, things that we, we we meditate upon and things that we are always on our mind. When those things aren't from the Lord, Peter to me is just saying, "Look, clear up your mind, declutter all that stuff, and that'll prepare us."
3: Yeah. Um- because like I well, can I answer yes, go ahead. Yes, okay, yes. so well, I was thinking about like you know some of the thoughts in our mind are just reality like you know trials and things that are going on, even heartbreak, and um part of letting it go would would be to 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 leave it at the Lord's feet because it's not that we don't care about it, it's That's just true, that God don't want us dwelling on it, so um. So, You're the right. reality is, you know, these things come up and yeah. we got to give it to Jesus and we got to continually give it to Jesus. And it's part of like practicing self control. Yes. Um, one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, that's, it's true. I mean, I like yeah, that. Daily, we have to do that, even minute by minute sometimes.
2: Yes. And that, that reminds yeah. me of, uh, of a question. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I forget. But there was a question on the show. It was yesterday. It's about depression, and and uh, the the question from anonymous said something along the lines of, uh, uh, I, "I've heard Pastor Ron say he does not get depressed," and and this person that was saying that said, uh, "In my current situation, that just seems impossible." Mm-hmm. They're going through a hard time, and in the natural. Expectation is for there to be depression because of their circumstances that are so difficult. And what Pastor Ron said, and I think this relates to what you just said, is he hurts. We hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We get sad. And we deal with hardship. We don't pretend that things aren't hard. We don't pretend that we're not suffering. But in the middle of that hardship in the middle of that suffering, I think it's just like what you said here. We're we're in reality dealing with real life circumstances. But we are exercising the the fruit of the spirit of self control. Here, that's what he says. Be mm-hmm. clear minded and exercise self control. Mm-hmm. So these things don't control us. We're not out of control. We're controlled by the Holy Spirit. So that doesn't mean we're robots and we never get sad Or that we never cry and in fact we should we should care we should care deeply and when we love deeply what naturally happens as a result is our hearts are tender and when things happen we get sad Mm -hmm. but that sadness it doesn't grip us or control us so I like what you said. Yeah, yeah. because it, the the reality is, I mean, remember when, when I first got saved and uh, I, I said something really silly, which which was pretty common,
1: <laughs> but
2: I I came from, and you knew me better than anybody else before I was saved. I was just out of control all over the place, unable to put a single thought together because my emotions were, everywhere but on the outside I tried really hard to at least give the appearance of being under control and so you remember what I said when I first got saved that these uh, I think we mentioned this last time on the show but I I thought the mature Christian thing to do was to take all my emotions and and figuratively put them in like this shoebox close that box stick it up in my closet And as a Christian, I'm not going to be emotional. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have feelings. And I'm just going to be steady and even keeled, not moved by anything. And I learned very quickly, no, that's that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. Real life happens and things hurt our hearts. And we need to let that happen.
3: I feel that um I know I'm more emotional than you <laughs> but I feel like we we can miss out on um on God's blessings and feeling oh, yeah. s- certain emotions if if we don't allow ourselves to feel but also that self-control and that balance of um of being even killed in a sense like you're not easily moved and you know to you already know to bring it to the Lord and yes. yeah that kind of thing and well, not being erratic it.
2: Balance think, is the key. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Balance is the key. And and extremes either way are not good. And my flesh likes to be extreme. But uh, that's just how our sinful nature is. Balance, I think, is the key. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Is there anything else from, oh, we didn't get to verse 10. Uh-
3: um, well, about depression, can I yeah yes, yes yes okay yes. i 'm not a doctor, <laughs> so that 's my disclaimer, uh, but as a minister of of the lord i I know that with me that I, when i when I talk to people, I tell them, okay, well, that is real that that you mm-hmm. feel that way, um, but please uh, go see a professional to see it whether it 's chemical or whatever, and if right. they can help you, but this is the what the Word of God says and and I usually point them to like uh just controlling your thoughts and uh taking captive your thoughts. Oh yeah. That kind of thing um because one thing for sure is if if someone labels their se- self, you know, depressed or dealing right. with mental health or you know those kind of labels, I feel like they try to they actually it's it's a setup for failure in a sense. You're right. Um but not to say it's not real mm-hmm. because I'm not a doctor, but you know. Like God says, we have all these things in Christ. We have joy. We have yes. hope. I mean, if you have those two, just those things, then how can you be depressed unless it's maybe physical, or like it's chemical or something?
2: Sure. Oh, I. I and this is what I love about you, sweetie. You're 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 so thoughtful and compassionate. I mean, we have those same conversations with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, usually, individually, you're talking to ladies, and I'm talking to guys about these personal issues and, yeah. and mental health things and i love how patient you are and and how you're able to speak to ladies uh, at a place where they can hear you you build equity with them mm-hmm. i i i mean there are some times when well, I'll just say, you're just so much better than me. <laughs> I think because, that
3: you're needed, though. Uh, you're needed because, in a sense, you're like a police. in a like, Well, I, like, I don't <laughs> want to be the police, though. No. <laughs> you're like,
2: I,
1: hey, uh, this is what you need uh, to think. And
3: it's well, yeah, straight into the I point. Really, I love that.
1: Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> black and doing.
2: white, yes. I like to keep it simple. But I also understand
1: mm-hmm.
2: that God has made us emotional people. Feelings are real. And even with men even with man feelings are real but we can't let our feelings control us it's right. the holy spirit that controls yeah. us
3: can i uh, read another verse yes please go ahead okay it's Roman- your show. romans 12:2 it says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god so I like that thing where it says transformed, be transformed formed by the renewing of your mind. And I think we daily need to do that, you know, instead of dwell in a place that God doesn't want us to be at.
2: So true. Okay. I mean, that's that really nails it right there because when Paul writing to the Romans, I love how that entire chapter, now we know the chapters are not inspired, but... The division helps us organize the thought, and I love how he starts off by saying, in view of God's mercy. Mm -hmm. So, in light of our real life issues, we need to take a step back and view things from the perspective of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, or in light of what He's already proven in our lives and practically speaking what I tell people, and I know you say the same thing is this, well when you're having a hard time, you're struggling with something, maybe somebody's angry or we're caught up in feelings we take a step back and we first remember, look we have been forgiven of our sin we really should be dead and, and once that perspective reset takes place then God can well do what, exactly what you read then we'll offer ourselves as a living sacrifice then we'll no longer conform to the things of this world then the transforming of our minds will take place but yeah that this idea of transforming changing like the word here implies like real permanent lasting change not just a temporary change this transformation goes from the old way of thinking into the new way of thinking and that's so encouraging Uh, a lot of times we carry over isn't it true we we carry over uh, mental habits or, or, or ways of thinking from our old self into our life with Jesus, after you know we get saved and and we're so excited for the Lord and and we make visible changes, lifestyle changes within this pesky flesh. It just creeps uh, as comfort increases, it creeps back in and we find these tendencies. To allow old habits, old ways of thinking back in
1: mm-hmm.
2: and
3: for me um it's it 's really about being girded with the Word of God because I wake up in the morning and if i if i don 't have like the lord the lord 's word on in my, in me <laughs> that morning, right. I could just like not do what 's natural, do what 's fleshy right and um <laughs> And yeah, and it's not until I have the word of God that I feel that I, I, I'm equipped.
2: It doesn't, isn't so. it true? It, it doesn't take a lot for us, for our flesh to, to say, oh, I got this, I got this and this to do today. Oh man, I better get up. <laughs> I better go. I, and, and just start go, mentally going through your calendar. Uh, we don't want to do that. We're, it's so easy to do that. But that's why I like what you said here. We, we reset our thoughts and renew our thinking um, by the Word of God. Uh, sweetie, we are we're, we're inside five minutes, so let me quickly give the phone numbers here. We may not be able to take your call on this half. We can take it on the next half, uh, 210-340-9585. 210 And the toll-free number is 877-630-5757. Quickly, the email address is questions at calvarysa.com. Well, sweetie, we do have uh, two questions that were submitted. Nice. Uh, what I want to do is ask you the first one, and maybe we can start talking about it and let it carry over into the second half. Uh, It's actually kind of related to what we've been talking about. Oh, good. So this one is from Anonymous. And Anonymous says, My spouse and I are happily married, and we're both Christians. We serve at church together, and usually everything is fine. But lately, we've struggled with mental health issues that lead to arguments. Mm. It seems to be getting worse. Uh, We want kids but I'm worried that this would make us bad parents. Any initial thoughts? Do you want to share with Anonymous about their their question? Mm,
3: that was uh, similar to what we were talking about. Very about similar. Mental
2: health. We're, we're inside three minutes, mm-hmm. and so we, we can get into detail uh, after the break, but uh, what, what are the first things that come to mind and how you'd biblically answer Anonymous here about... Uh, uh, m- mental health issues, I guess they said we've both struggled with mental health issues and they're arguing and it's getting worse.
1: Hmm.
3: Um, the first word <laughs> that comes to mind is grace again. Mm. Um, because yes. we don't, like, we're not, like, I'm not you, you're not me. Mm-hmm. So So if I'm dealing with anything than um to have to dwell with understanding with one another Um, not to say that you you accept the other person's sin it's not like that it's more like like um the bible says this but you know you're going through something and you might have a hard time applying it so kind of like being a help uh, to one another rather than hurting like making it worse because you could fight because of that, yes, absolutely. Like someone might be struggling you're fighting because of that instead yep. of helping anyone
2: actually you do I, I, that. I, I, that's a big point uh, i we'll talk about this after the break because we 've got okay. like about one minute okay. here, but I do want to add a quick thought uh, before we go into the break about this question. Uh, you know, anonymous um, obviously we don 't know who you are and don't even know if this is the husband or the wife, but uh, since the Holy Spirit lives in both of you, the Holy Spirit will convict you of your sin. Mm -hmm. And I understand this may sound offensive and insensitive, but it's not. Please hear my heart here. Uh, Mental health issues are real, but Jesus is bigger than any mental health issues. It doesn't mean that we ignore them, and it doesn't mean it's easy. But from the beginning, you have to start with the truth that Jesus is bigger than this. And if you don't believe that, then there's nothing we can do, nothing the Word of God can do. And and even as much as the Holy Spirit wants to, there's nothing He can do until you allow him to do that work by believing he's bigger than your problems. Well, you can hear the music. Sweetie, that means we're done with the first half of the Date Day edition. You hear the word to stand on for life.
3: We'll see you back in a minute and a few minutes.
2: Yes, we'll be back in two minutes.
0: back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877 87-630-KSLR. Now here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. Welcome to the Date Day Edition, where me and my wife May, my best friend, are the ones doing the show today instead of Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. And what we've been doing is, is taking your questions, so let me quickly give that uh, phone number out, and then we want to jump right back into our thought that we had at the end of the first half. 210-340-9585, that's 210-340-9585, 877-630-5757, 877 630 five seven five seven. The email address is questions at calvarysa.com. It is warm outside as it has mm-hmm. been, and so uh this topic is a pretty hot one too on this warm day. Because as we were talking over the break, sweetie, uh this is something that well really anyone uh, uh, pastors and pastors' wives that do a lot of counseling I think uh, we'll agree that these are the types of issues we deal with more often mm-hmm. these days. Mental health issues as it pertains to their marriage and their, their family and their individual walks with the Lord. But you had some other thoughts you wanted to share oh, yeah. about this.
3: I was just thinking a lot of people um, have got, gotten these uh, mental health issues probably during the pandemic. And, yes, and I hear it a lot, because, you know... The last couple years, I've been hearing um, that a lot. Um, that I, I, my thought was that maybe like it's it's getting plugged into a church or yeah. getting fellowship that might help. Or um, also, I just think that sometimes we're too idle. And we we're too much. Yes. We're doing too much thinking instead of like maybe meditating on the word of God. Oh And, yeah, that's and true. I think that we we tend to downplay the word of God when we say, oh, "Okay, we have this issue. We have yes. this issue." When you know, there's the word of God that could speak to everything that we go through. You know, so oh,
2: I want to say something about that real uh-huh. quick because what you said is so true. Uh, I mean. W- The pandemic and all that, uh, we're we're past that. At least in our church, we we adjusted back to being normal before most people did. Mm -hmm. But because we wanted people to get back to normal church life. And we took some flack for that. But what we wanted was exactly what you just said. We don't want people with idle time uh, you know, being Google experts and spending time researching and looking into things that they don 't need to at home alone without any fellowship, uh, because over time by doing that, what we 've learned from the this pandemic is that people don 't know how to deal with one another now in a marriage that 's even worse that 's even worse because when we take into the marriage. Some of these things, these bad habits that we have adopted while in isolation, uh, it, it creates distance between us, and, and uh, between husband and wife, and that always is an open door for the enemy. Uh, I, well, I do have one last thought about that, but I don't want to keep our callers waiting. So we'll get back to that question in a second. Let's go to our phone lines. Ray, you're on line one. Waiting. So we'll get back to that question in a second. Let's go to our phone lines. Ray, you're on line one. Hi, Ray. I can hear the radio in the background. You might want to turn that down.
4: I'm turning it down more now. Okay. (laughs) Sorry.
2: No, no worries, Ray. Good uh, to hear your voice.
4: Uh, Hello, both of you, Ken and May. Um, It's it's great to hear you together and... uh, (laughs) I hate to interject this, but uh, it it seems like it's just been bugging me a bunch, and you kind of skirted around it a little bit but uh, uh, we've had some some things going on uh, and uh, it's it's a matter of uh, uh, mental health in a way i guess and okay there was there was a woman that was. Shot by three police officers um, for possibly no reason. Um, yes, in her apartment. Uh, not trying to belabor that, but uh, there was there was uh, mention of well, they were maybe undertrained, but they went through training, and I thought that we had had uh, a couple of officers that were a team in that in that realm of uh mental yes. health when when somebody would have a problem they would go and they they were doing very well, but I don't know what happened there, and that that kind of got cut off um that's one part and uh right well maybe maybe that's maybe that's enough <laughs> i uh, I don't know what, what I... else to say at this point i've I've kind of lost my my uh train of thought.
2: That's okay, Ray, but, but I do appreciate your call, and it's always, always good to hear from you. But you're right. This story
1: mm-hmm.
2: is is recent here within San Antonio, which made national news, and it's heartbreaking. But uh, the details of the story are not what I want to talk about, but I would like to address what Ray brought up about how this um, – This issue of mental health, it really affects so many people. And both believers and unbelievers struggle with these things. And I think as Christians, what we need to do, Ray, is focus less on worldly solutions and focus more on bringing Jesus to people who need him. Now, that doesn't mean Christians still don't struggle with mental health. But what it does mean is that we who are Christians, we have the authority of God's Word. We have the power of God's Spirit who lives in us as the guide, the reference, the standard. He's the one that helps us in our time of need. Uh, for those that don 't have the Holy Spirit, the best that they can do is you know seek help through these programs that that don 't really help at all and that 's what 's heartbreaking to me when I look at events like this, Ray, and I hear about them, my first thought is i I wish I had a chance. Or I wish somebody had a chance to share Jesus with them, to share the hope of Christ. Uh, not how to fix it, not what we could have done better, not uh, a criticism of the military or the or the police uh, and and their approach or their strategy. But those are things that we can't solve. And those, frankly, are distractions that Christians get caught up in, emotionally charged and politically charged arguments about what we could do better. And those are conversations for people who are policymakers. But for Christians, for us, uh, we have to prioritize. We have to Remember that Jesus is the answer to these problems, these real life problems. This is not a self-help program. This is not a, you know, a, a, an option among many other options. This is the only option, and it's Jesus Christ, the grace of God that you were talking about, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to add to that? What's race call?
3: No, it's just heartbreaking, and it's like when tragedy happens, it it affects a lot of people. Um, Mm. So I don't want to, like, I guess I don't want to downplay that either. But um, the reality is that this is not um, heaven, so so there's a lot of evil going on, and and the way we we react to it. And as Christians, we know we need to run to Jesus, and those who aren't um, saved— we, we do need to minister in that way to, to let them know that we have an answer and it's Jesus. That's right. To, to address their turmoil and to address whatever they're going through.
2: Isn't it true that it's our flesh's natural instinct, a first reaction, to try to find blame?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Going back to Ray's question and how it relates to our question from Anonymous, Anonymous is talking about mental health issues in the marriage, and now there's more arguing, Mm -hmm. and it's getting worse, and they want to have kids, but they're worried that they would be bad parents. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get to say this in the first half, but Anonymous, uh, it's not okay to fight in your marriage. Husbands and wives are to love one another as Christ loved the church. That's what Ephesians chapter 5 says. The role of the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, to give himself up for her. And and, and if it's the husband that's struggling with mental health issues or, or, or flesh issues, that's the exact opposite of what he wants to do. It's the same thing with the wife. When we have these issues what we want to do is well well what about me and who's going to help me and what about my rights but ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 clearly says and we husbands take the lead on this we're to live sacrificially in our marriage by giving ourselves up that means whatever argument you have you lay it aside because arguments are, like James says, you argue and you quarrel because you don't get what you want. Well, you have something that you're mad about and you're mad because you don't have it. And when you feel like your wife should give it to you or should provide it for you, she becomes the target of your wrath. And so fighting like that is never okay. However, this is the first point I wanted to make. What I do think we need to learn how to do is learn how to fight. Not fight each other, but how to properly fight. Spiritual warfare is real. It's real within the marriage. Mm -hmm. And we have to recognize, husbands and wives have to recognize, we're not the enemy. We're not each other's enemy. It is a tactic of the enemy, the devil, to try to convince both spouses that the other spouse is the enemy they're the ones that are against you. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are not supportive of you. Yeah. And okay. Go
1: ahead. No good. Well,
3: I was thinking about like, you know, when a couple's fighting or even like, you know, when we have issues, I always know that the standard is Jesus. And um as the quicker we go to to God in prayer individually, You know, because then then one of us can act like Christ. And that's that's what Pastor Ron always talks about. Can can one can somebody act like Christ? Can one person at least?
2: That's the fastest way to resolve the issues. And
3: so I think when when even one person steps up and and applies God's um, counsel, um, then it gets better from there. That's right. You know, and not not like wavering, not going back and forth, applying it and then taking it back, not nothing like that, but being firm in the the Word of God and applying that to your marriage.
2: That's right. I think that's when
3: it, it's best.
2: It's about yeah. submitting to the authority of God's Word, and that makes everything easier. Uh, sweetie, we have uh, a phone call, so let's go right yeah. to our phone lines. Nancy from San Antonio, you're on the air.
1: Hi, Pastor Ken. Uh, Hi, Nancy. I
3: have um two questions only I don't know if you have time to answer both. My first one is um what um techniques do you and your wife recommend as far as learning to budget together as a married couple? And the second part of the question is um what strategies would be good to have in place and balancing like the work the um like the work Um, both of them work, like, um, how do you balance that without, like, putting being too demanding on the other spouse as far as working plus managing the
1: home and doing other, you know, areas with the kids?
2: Absolutely. Great questions, Nancy. And so, sweetie, let me reiterate um, what the questions are, and maybe I'll start off with your thoughts. The first one was, uh, what techniques, Nancy's asking do do we personally exercise about budget or f- balancing finances and making sure we're on the same page?
1: <laughs> yeah, this I'm is laughing because
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a a question for my husband, <laughs> but I'll, I'll answer what uh, what I think is um, I think the one who is stronger in finance <laughs> would be the one to budget. Um, I, I I am in favor of one person doing it. Um, over the another because then uh, otherwise it's in two people's hands but as we function as one as far as unity in in agreeing how we will um, how we will handle our finances um, that we should be responsible yes and that also that um that we um have a standard that that we would be able to um, honor the Lord in our finances.
2: Well, really, that's it. Nancy, what I I would add to what May was saying, when it comes to finances, uh, the truth is between the husband and the wife, there's usually someone that is a little bit more adept in managing the finances. It doesn't mean that one's a CPA and the other one... Isn't but it means that one may be a little bit more gifted in that area or willing to do that. Uh, but it's not exclusive, like May was saying. Just because one particular person, uh, maybe let's say if it's the the, the wife, right? If the wife uh, is a little bit more gifted in balancing the budget or balancing the the home finances of the home, it, it doesn't mean that the husband is excluded from all financial decisions in fact this is the key whatever it is whoever is the one that balances the checkbook uh, I don't think people have checkbooks anymore but, (laughs) but, but whoever does that they're still communicating with each other and that's the most important thing Nancy like May said there's a responsibility both from the husband and the wife to be honest and open communication needs to be clear. Uh, there's no, uh, practically speaking, there's no, you know, side bank accounts. And there's no little hidden uh, side funds where you're sort of stashing money. Uh, there's none of that because everything is shared. Everything is, 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 we allocate funds for certain things, but we have to make sure, Nancy, that both the husband and the wife are both seeking the Lord, and let the Lord guide how the finances are managed.
1: Yeah.
2: And, right. I, 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 go ahead.
3: Oh, yeah. I just, I wanted to uh, talk about, like, if someone had a, had a spending habit, then, uh, oh, then yeah. give it to the other
2: person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: give the management to the other yeah, person. Yeah, that's a
2: sign that, that that's not the person. <laughs> that uh, That's probably not the person to, to handle the, the, the money. So that's the first question, Nancy. Th- th- let me get to the second one. And this one I think we'll spend a little bit more time on. Uh, Sweetie, Nancy was asking about balancing work and, and work responsibilities and time and family. Uh, so what do we do when it comes to balancing that?
3: Well, I think uh, identifying the things that are important to your family, like for us, like we have a day that we say we call it Family Day during the yes. school year. It's Family Night, and yeah. we'll actively interact. Like we'll ha- we'll play games together, we'll watch mm-hmm. a movie together, we'll go out to eat together, that kind of thing. Um, but um, that's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> but what's also important for us is, and it should, probably should be important for every family, is yes. as being having time in the Word. Together. Absolutely.
2: Every family, yeah. yes.
3: Um, the, but it, that's the most, th- the things that are most important to us are those, probably those two things in managing our family and balancing our family. So other than that, it's all, like, there's work, yes. um, quality time, like, quality time with our kids, um, you and I going on dates. Yes. Yeah, that's very important. So w- w-
2: w- I want to <laughs> add one thing to what... <laughs> Well, what you said, sweetie, and, and Nancy, this is really important for us. Uh, Jesus needs to be the center of the household. Mm-hmm. When it comes to time, everybody's busy. When it comes to finances, when there's never enough. When it comes to, you know, kids and, and, and everything, uh, th- there's always so much going on. And even if every household varies... They're all pretty much the same. And what the enemy tries to do is overwhelm the husband and wife with so much busyness that Jesus is no longer the center of the household. But whether it's finances or work-life balance or or budgeting time and and dinner and all these things, Nancy, the most practical thing that you can do is make sure— Your family is together, uh, and your husband and wife are together in the Word, and the family is together in the Word. Um, Whatever the schedule is, find time. Maybe it can't be, uh, you know, super long, and that's fine. In fact, it's probably not a good idea to be super long. But, Nancy, you want to prioritize uh, husband and wife being in the Word together, and, and if you have kids and whoever is living in the house, you prioritize being in all of everybody being in the Word together. Because what that does is it sets the standard for what the expectation is of the home. It's no longer Ken bringing in his ideas and then Ray, May bringing in her ideas, and then we, we come together and sort of have a fruit salad mix of different ideas. Uh, that's not what we do, and that's not the way a godly home should be led my opinion and my ideas really they're not important we want to know what jesus says so when we seek the lord individually when we do come together when we're dealing with difficult things when we're dealing with like working too many hours or there's a balance and somebody can't work enough or somebody has to work a little bit more maybe in other homes there's there's overtime demands and maybe travel whatever these things are You just make sure that you and your husband, Nancy, are on the same page. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit, not only will you survive that, you'll actually thrive in the middle of all that that's going on. So, Nancy, I hope that helps. And sorry for the the long answer. We've got a lot to say about that. I don't even know if you're still on the line. But uh, thank you for your call, Nancy. Uh, This is something that in addition to or tied to what we were talking about earlier, and we're just inside three minutes, sweetie, so we'll be wrapping up the show here soon. But what Nancy was talking about are real practical ways that we could also uh, deal and cope with some of the other issues that are going on at home. Let's say that there are one of the spouses or somebody in the family is dealing with mental health issues. It doesn't mean that anything changes. I mean, you make make some adjustments, but Jesus still needs to be the focus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The Word of God still needs to be opened up, and the the Bible has to be the authority at home, no matter what. Any last thoughts you want to add? We got, we're just inside Go two ahead. minutes. I wanted
3: to talk a little bit about personal goals. Okay. Um, because in Christ, as a Christian, like um, what things are important to you um, personally. Um, like for me when i when i wake up i want to get time in the word of course and um you know i'm working on my physical health mm-hmm. <laughs> too cuz i want to live longer you know that kind That's of right. thing so i just wanted to just bring that up and see what your thoughts are
2: oh I, I guess we're inside just about 1 minute oh, so one i want to say ahead, I real say quick real quickly, wrap it up. i love what you said because uh y- y- as a husband i want to see my wife doing what God has asked her to do, even if it's challenging. And my wife needs to see me being stretched and growing where, where God has asked me to to grow. And we both need to allow the Holy Spirit uh, challenge us and stretch us within our gifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not looking for a life of comfort and relaxation and just doing nothing all the time. Uh, you get fat and lazy <laughs> and then you don't do anything. Ooh, but, but But... <laughs> Yeah, Nancy, thank you for your call well sweetie that's the music which means the date day edition it is coming fun. to a close it
3: was very fun
2: thank you for joining me in the studio sweetie the date thank day you. edition has been great
3: God bless everybody
2: that means tomorrow 4 o'clock <laughs> where we to that on for life my last show I'll see you then